Leonard Cohen uh, wrote, I greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair. With a love so vast and shattered, it will meet you everywhere. With the traumatic and indelible reminders of this past week's mass murders by terrorists in New York City, we're indeed being greeted from the other side. I'm reminded that twice this past week as I rode my bicycle along the main streets, I ran into these uh, street, street kids and they're all cheering me on with their tragically insensitive taunts. Bin Laden! Bin Laden! With the sad holocaust of this past week still burning its reality in our sensibility, it would appear that even the insensitive must attempt a primitive identification. And my long beard, twisting like knotted ropes, must have momentarily bound and pointed them to an awareness. How sad to encounter these two groups of young wannabe gangsters with their pants falling down around themselves, posturing their scarecrow mockery of the Twin Towers collapsing in on themselves. These were mere children with designer logos, speaking for them in absence of the true logo. <coughs> These were American youth, their racial identities a mixture. Twenty years ago, they would have jeered at me and called me Castro and smiled at their defiance of America's ideals. In fact, they did just that up until this past Tuesday, when a newer and more terrible name passed over their lips. Oh yes, we have been greeted from the other side, all right. From deep within the bodies of huge aircrafts, where hundreds of living souls were mixed with gasoline to the temperature of molecular melting. Innocent lives used as a spark to trigger the destruction of thousands more in an act that even aging evangelist Billy Graham is honestly referred to as the mystery and reality of death. And ironically represent the only terms by which we can approach an understanding of life. These deaths that hang daily in our memories are never explained to us by anyone with any certainty. Be it artist or scientist, preacher or parent, we are all touched with unbelief and renewal. Death is only real for others, after all. It always happens to someone else, doesn't it? Never to us. All we know is continued life an uninterrupted flow of creation. Other people die, but the wisest of teachers have told us it is all an illusion that presents itself to our senses. The combined journals of science and religion have demonstrated it to be eternity, an infinity to which we are always connected and cannot stray. So what is this other side of sorrow and despair? And why can we not exempt it from the equation? Good and evil are constants that we all know, but how many of us call the evil good? Especially when it is ourselves doing it. The answer is every fucking one of us. Our religion is the religion. Our political party is the party. Our sexual choice is the choice. Our educations and social classes, our skin colors and language, you know. The exception is the occasional soul that comes to show us that all judgment is an error. And none of it applies to the human condition. 
Only omniscience has the ability to discern truth. It is one thing to be destroyed by a terrorist, and another to be erased in a natural landslide or frozen climate. Is it any less of a horror as our life slips from us? In a genuine analysis, our indignities and sense of unfairness come from the judgments we make about other people. Of course we have the right to choose life or death, good or evil, but having done so, we are left to an order and process that can only be understood on its own terms. Listen to the religious extremists who design these extravagant and bizarre deaths in molten steel and flesh. They are the same voices that seek revenge, no matter from whose mouths they come. Revisit Fort Dresden and the firebombing of women and children and their men and animals by the righteous Americans as punishment for the Nazi Holocaust of World War II. The same inferno, the same devil. We did not punish the guilty. In our anger and ignorance, we punished the innocent. We do not understand who the guilty are, even in our own society. Witness our own civil war, declared in 1865, and you can bet it's still going on today. Once I was locked in a room with an assortment of a dozen Klansmen, skinhead, and Nazis, as they beat me into near death before an unexpected intervention halted their destruction, I was beyond their comprehension. Living in a world peopled by everyone, equal to everyone. That world included them. Yet they held steadfast to their own superiority, when all that was really evident to anyone was their anger and frustration at not producing any works that would acknowledge them as superior. I walked away from their hostility, and when the wounds healed, I laughed at their seeming judgments. But still, I can understand and sympathize with how they could be trapped in their own limited awarenesses since birth, as are the many liberals and enlightened ones who chided me and insisted that it was those son-of-a-bitches that should be destroyed. Of course, they footnoted their observations with their poor children brought up that way bigoted and hating them. When I suggested that same was true of them, they were angered at me in the same way. The Klansmen were because of my association with the liberals. Both groups <laughs> avowed to never approach the other one, only to kill them when the opportunity arose. And thus, I became their messenger, I delivered the message, and was ridiculed for my attempts at bringing the great gap and planting a new seed. There's still two pages to go on this. I'm not Bin Laden, Bin Laden, nor am I in agreement with this hatred of America or its militant solutions. Never was, even when the hippies were around. But I have been laden with the same sadness that he has as he obviously, genuinely trusted his God and looks out on the terrorist acts that are fostered on his own people by the supposedly righteous. I have also been laden with a sadness because the same nightmare devastation has finally arrived in America's doorstep. We got a collective glimpse of it in 1963 
when we watched over and over the bullets enter John Fitzgerald Kennedy and blast the contents of his skull and brain across the eyes of innocent TV watchers the world over. But you know, this week we witnessed the same living tissue splattered 5,000 times over, mixed with fire and steel into a molten hell. Kennedy was the prototype, the microcosm. This new act is the greater extension into the macrocosm. This time we watched over and over as living matter was blasted out the other side of a great and cavernous skull known as the World Trade Center. For it is indeed had come to be a living organism filled with life and intelligence, a community 5,000 strong, pulsing with the heartbeat of America. While an earlier generation watched one lone president taken out by one lone nut and was saddened, this present generation has been touched more personally. How many tens of thousands have been filled with the ultimate pain of separation and personal loss? Sorry I gotta run this by you. Jesus foretold this devastation and the spear that pierced his side. And he also gave us an answer to our utter futility and anger. Forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. And what is it they don't know? Three days after the crisis, during an all-faith prayer service in New York City, a Muslim in skullcap offered his prayers up to the, to the God of Abraham and Ishmael. And after all these years, having been inculcated with the belief that the Christian God was and is only the God of Abraham, who? Isaac and Jacob. Let's keep it in some so-called superior family, huh? But make sure we exclude our real brother and sister and trample him into the ground to die as long as our own supposedly superior lineage prospers and clones itself. Afterwards, if anyone questions us, we can always attribute the whole travesty to God's plan for the human race. Put the blame on God and our brother. He, he. Getting close to the end of this. No, let's sing again. In the beginning, before language, and when all and everything was measured in space and time, the alphabet grew out of and was revealed as a series of mathematical equations. They were very simple ones, you know. Like A plus B equals C. Like uh, <clears throat> Adam and Eve begat Cain and Abel. And of course, we all know the next equation. Cain killed his brother. Abel, and unleashed a new and devastating energy upon this earth. E equals MC squared. Still a simple equation. Fire and brimstone, death and destruction, hell and its inhabitants. It was all so simple to avoid. And as we return to the truth once delivered, we come to realize that our own supposed understanding of good and evil has merely been our own erroneous judgment of other people as evil. While we attribute the good to ourselves, 
This is what the original God warned us about, that we would make the mistake of assuming that our knowledge of good and evil also gave us the power of discrimination and the ability to judge others. You know, it really didn't. And we are today left with sorting through the debris in search of a truth that ain't going to be found there. Sixty years ago, when World War II was declared, I was an infant. I was six years old. Six uh, months old, excuse me. <coughs> Jesus, couldn't be that old. Over the next two years, our, our country pulled together and united itself in the name of the war effort. But my child's heart watched as the world around me was torn apart and my family split. Today I am saddened by the knowledge that again we will watch as our country answers the recent bloodshed with more bloodshed. But beyond what our country is declaring for us, we must answer in our own unique way. I found that in our daily efforts and relationships we are bound and limited by our words and actions. Someone once told me, you know, we keep the original of everything we say, feel, and think. We only give the carbon copies away. When we condemn and judge and hate, even if it's justified, the original feeling remains alive within us and swirls through our blood and body, eating away our very souls by the minute. The only sensible response in any of this is to learn forgiveness for like the enemy we attack, we truly do not understand it, nor do we know what we are doing when we act out of fear and retaliation and anger. It is not enough for God to bless America only, as we all unite against the other side of sorrow and despair. It is finally upon each of us to learn to love our enemies and call upon God to bless them as well. Ishmael, as well as Abraham. The enemy as well as the friend. The way we've been doing it, there will soon come a day when we have no friends left. Only our growing suspicion of everyone around us. So my advice is to forget the war that's being waged around us, and instead greet everyone with a greater love, one that surrounds evil and smothers it. Of course our countries are going to continue the various wars that rage around us daily. And yes, we'll have to try and dodge the resulting destruction, but do we really need to turn over our individual lives to that effort? To continue the hate and retribution? I say give it up and acknowledge each other's love. Embrace them as if they were your own. But you know, always beware. A suicidal terrorist involved in a holy war will embrace you with a bomb rest to your heart, just as quickly as an abortion clinic will suck the life right out of you. While down the street, a thief will cut your throat for $2 formula for his own starving child. They all have one objective. They all support the same belief, the substitution of their own goals in place of yours to erase your life when need be. And they call it for the ultimate good of us all. Well, 
love one another and good luck.